Grab your favorite beverage, grab a coffee, a wine, a mimosa, absolutely no judgment at whatever you grab, but I want you to settle in because I'm going to tell you a story. And this story comes from a dear friend of mine who you've heard me talk about on this podcast numerous times, Paul Brunson. So I first learned this story from him back in 2017. I can't believe it. 2017. That was five years ago. And I'm sharing this story because this story has stuck with me. I I don't think there's a week when I don't recall this story, when I don't tell it to someone, when I don't tell it to myself. I mean, the power of a story. And I think it's going to be very powerful for you. So sit back and listen. But I want to tell you a story about an author named Terry McMillan. Now, Terry McMillan's first book was called Mama, and she wrote it back in like 1985, maybe 1987. And she wrote it. She had a publisher. The book went to print, and the publisher let her know, hey, we can't do a lot to help you promote this book. We can't really do a whole media tour for this book. We just can't afford it. But Terry didn't want to settle with that. She knew that the publisher was correct, that the publisher didn't have the budget to be able to do a big media blitz. But one thing Terry also knew was that she was not going to settle on not having her book known by everyone. And so she took matters into her own hands and she took her promotion into her own hands. And she wrote more than 3,000 individual letters by hand, <laughs> 3,000 individual personalized letters to bookstores and colleges and chain stores and groups and uh, all kinds of places, asking them, could you please stock my book? Or could you please promote my book? Or could you please give me some space where I can promote my book? Or can I do a reading of my book can I come and sign my book? Whatever it was, she offered to do readings and signings anywhere and everywhere that she could get any space. Now, remember, she had sent 3,000 letters, I think more than 3,000 letters. And out of that, she heard back from about 40 places. 40 places responded, and they weren't your traditional places. Not all of them. I mean, she heard back from a few bookstores, but she also heard back from churches and hair salons. And I remember Paul telling me even a nightclub. She heard back from a nightclub, like just a variety of different places, but only 40 out of 3,000, over 3,000. She heard back from 40. And to top it all off, the 40 places that she heard back from, they were scattered all over the country. So she set out on her own. She put gas in her car. She put the mileage on her car. She took matters into her own hands and created a tour so that she could be sure to hit all 40 places that had gotten in touch with her on her own dime. She funded and financed everything. She created her own cross-country book tour because one really wasn't given to her. And like I said, the places that she went were not all bookstores and big bookstores. They were a neighborhood church, a hair salon, and again, even a nightclub. And when she wasn't at these places leading a, a book reading or a book signing or just promoting her book, she sold her book out of the trunk of her car to anyone 
who would talk to her. She stopped any and everyone on the street to introduce herself, tell people who she was, and then when people were interested enough to engage in conversation, she'd talk to them some more and eventually show them her book and sell her book right there out of the trunk of her car. And that wasn't it. While she was on this tour, guys, while she was on this tour she created, she continued to write to places, asking for speaking opportunities, asking to read her book. And so she kept hearing back from even more places. So she messaged the first, you know, 3,000 plus, heard back from about 40, and set out to go visit those 40, but did not stop reaching out to places every day that she was on this tour. And the result of all of this was that six weeks, six weeks after her book was published, it was rushed. I mean, it was rushed, guys, to a third print, to a third print. It sold out. It was such a success. It had to go to a third print. And now that's kind of become the standard for a lot of the ways that authors do book tours. So if this story doesn't motivate you, if it doesn't inspire you, if it doesn't give you pause, make you at least analyze kind of what are your goals? Why aren't you reaching them? I don't really know a story that will. But this story also ties in very nicely to the theme of today's episode, which was inspired by my interview in episode 103 with Alexa Carlin. So we're going to dive into it. We're going to talk about this story, how it applies to you, and what it should mean for how you're approaching your business in this episode. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita, Rita I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. This week, I'm broadcasting to you from my home studio in Centerville, Virginia, although that won't be my home studio for long. I don't know if you guys heard or not, but I'm going to be moving to Savannah, Georgia. Now, don't ask me when. There are all kinds of issues. It's a new house build. So for those of you who are familiar, I'm sure you know how it goes, but we're allowed to officially publicly talk about it now. Moving to Savannah, Georgia. I'm so excited. And that's why I was at Alexa Carlin's house last week. She lives halfway between where I live, right outside of Washington, D.C., and Savannah. And I had to be in the Raleigh area, that's where she is, for something else. And I coordinated with her and I got to stay at her house. And I'm going to tell you why, guys. I can't wait to start my TV show. If you're like, what TV show? Go back and listen to episode 100, where I made a really big announcement. But I'll tell you why. I loved being in person with Alexa. I loved recording the podcast while we were sitting there sipping on wine and just having a conversation like we basically normally would, even if there were no microphones in front of our face. And it just created an incredible energy. And because of it, there were so many good takeaways in that episode. So first of all, if you haven't listened to episode 103 with professional speaker and professional influencer Alexa Carlin, 
make sure you put it on your list. <laughs> Definitely listen to it. You'll get so much more insight about what we're going to talk about today. And what we're talking about today ties into the story that I shared with you at the beginning of this episode about Terry McMillan. So in Alexa's episode, she talked about really learning that she wanted to be a speaker. She had a message. She had a story. She wanted to share it. And she started looking for any and everywhere that would let her share her story, that would let her talk to their groups, talk to their organizations, get on their stages. And she said something like she wrote over 70 requests, right? Over 70 requests. And she heard back from maybe one of them, but basically none of them. And she was so incredibly frustrated because all she wanted was to live her passion. She knew she had a message. People needed to hear it. She wanted to get it into their ears, right? Whereas Terry, who you heard about at the beginning of this episode, wanted to get it into people's hands. But Alexa wanted to get it into people's ears. And she was so incredibly frustrated. You heard her tell how she felt, what it, you know, her reaction to it and more. But at the end of the day, she did the same thing that Terry did. She created her own opportunity. Terry was denied a book tour, but that didn't stop her. She was going to have a book tour. I guarantee that even if none of those places had written back to say, sure, even if none of those 40 places had written back to say, yeah, come on, you can read your book or have a table in front of our store, she would have gotten in her car driven any and everywhere and talked about her book to anyone who would listen and sell it out of her trunk like she did between those locations. And she would have kept writing, right? It's that idea, and you've heard me say this before, of you work it until it works. That's why it works. <laughs> when somebody goes, well, how come that worked for them? And how come that worked for them? And how come that worked for, for that person? Time and time again, guys, it's because that person simply didn't stop working it until it worked. They detached from how it had to happen. They changed their plan. They pivoted while staying very certain of the end result, and they made it happen. They worked it until it worked. And that's what Terry McMillan did with her book, Mama, which you heard about, denied a book tour, created her own opportunity, created her own book tour, and because of it, realized massive results. Alexa Carlin denied the opportunity to get on stages and share her message. So what did she do? She created her own stage. That's how Women in Power Expo, the conference, came to be. She created her own opportunity. If no one was going to put her on their stage, she was going to create a stage and put herself on it. And then she decided to put other people up on that stage with her and one of the most popular conferences for women entrepreneurs was created. A huge, robust community. And not only that, it kickstarted the career that Alexa has now as a highly successful, highly paid professional speaker. And as you heard, influencer, because the speaking led into paid influencing opportunities. But it's the same exact core theme and message. Both of these women who realized massive results were denied everything that they thought that they needed to make the results happen, so they created those opportunities themselves. And so I'm asking you straight off the bat, what are you doing to create your own opportunities instead of waiting for them? I'm going to tell you another story because the other kind of sub-theme of my interview with Alexa 
was storytelling is the easiest way to communicate ideas. People are looking to be educated, but also entertained. They want to feel connected. They want to feel like they're building a relationship with you. And the easiest way to be conversational and not come across as, you know, professional, like you're giving a professional presentation, is to just tell stories and then share takeaways like you would with your friend, like Alexa and I were when we were sitting at our dining room table, you know, chatting over, I was drinking bourbon shocker. And she was drinking wine and we were just having a great time. So again, if you didn't listen to that episode, it was a fun, fun episode. But that was the theme too. Educating through telling stories to make things more conversational and a deeper connection between you and your audience. So I've told you two stories. I'm going to make it a trifecta. I'm going to tell you a third story. A long time ago, I had a friend. She wasn't really a client. She was like a pseudo client. This is way back when I was starting my business. So you know how that goes. Like a client, but not like the full-fledged clients that I have nowadays. But she really, she was a professional photographer and she was really looking to branch into a completely different area of photography, more, you know, for big brands and marketing instead of kind of the event photography um, that she had been doing up until that point. And she was really on the hunt for mentors or other people who could open doors for her. But everywhere she went, she was kind of like, I'm not finding one. I'm not finding one. I'm not finding one. I'm not coming across the right people. And I finally said, well, what are you doing about it? Like every now and then you go to a networking event or every now and then you come across someone and you're like, oh, that's not the right person or they weren't interested. Like how serious are you about this? Do you really want this? How badly do you want this? What are you willing to do for this? What are you willing to risk failure for? Like, do you want this bad enough that you are willing to fail over and over and over again to get it? And I remember, you guys know me, when I get to that point, I mean, I will tell it to you like it is. And I was like, so you say you want it, but I don't see your actions showing me that you really want it. Because if you really wanted it, you would do whatever it took to make it happen again. You would work it until it worked, right? You would It would work because you would work it until it worked. And here she was like, I, I can't find a mentor. It's not working. It's not working. Right. And I said, so make it work. I don't know what to tell you. Like you need to do more. You have to double, triple down. If this is so important, what are you willing to sacrifice? Right. Sacrifice is doing what you've never done to get something that you've never had. It's not just about giving something up, but what are you willing to do? Maybe you just never work on the weekends. You're like, that's a rule. I've always had. I never want to work on the weekends. That's not something you've done because that's something that's important to you. And you guys know, you guys know that I'm a big believer in building a business that supports your life. So creating the decisions around your business structure from the place of what life do I want to live? I'm a big believer in that. But sometimes, guys, Sometimes we have to deep dive into our business. We have to throw ourselves into our business. And so back to the example, maybe you've just always had this rule that you don't work on nights or weekends. But sacrifice, are you willing to do something you've never done, work on nights, work on weekends, to get something you've never had, the end result, as opposed to looking at it as what you're giving up? right? I'm giving up time with friends. I'm giving up my fun time. I'm giving up my social time. When you are truly committed to something and when you really want it, you stop looking at what you're losing and giving up and you start looking time and time again at what you're gaining. 
each and every time. So if you're still looking at what you're losing, you have to stop and ask yourself, how committed am I to this really? And so I just kind of had that conversation with her. I was like, look, how badly do you want this? What are you willing to do to get it? And so I didn't know it, but she told me about a week later that she spent that entire weekend writing hundreds of individualized personal letters to people, asking to talk to them, telling them about her, like what she loved about them, like all all of the things that you have put into a really well-crafted outreach. These were not crappy, cold outreaches, right? And so she did that. And guess what? Out of hundreds, I mean, she lost, she quote unquote lost, right? Her whole weekend. I just said, it's not losing. She just spent her entire weekend writing these letters and hundreds of them. She heard back from three people. I hope I'm remembering that. It was either two or three, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with my initial instinct. (laughs) Three people. And out of the three people, one didn't end up like meeting with her like they were supposed to. The other one did, but it didn't really go anywhere. But the last one, the last one was intrigued enough by her and her moxie and what she had to say on there. I think it was it wasn't really Zoom back then. It was um I don't know, they must have just been on the phone, guys. I don't think that I don't think Zoom was a thing really back then. Um but they were talking and was impressed enough that he said, "You know what? Let me look at your portfolio." And that led into, you know, okay, why don't you come to the shoot that I'm doing in New York, which led to bigger things. It only takes one. It only takes one. But to get that one, she had to face tons of rejection. She had to really put herself out there in a way that she was willing to fail and fail and fail and fail and fail and fail fail again to get the one person that changed the trajectory of her entire life. Not just her business, guys, her entire life. Do you see a theme? Alexa Carlin, right? Denied an opportunity, took matters into her own hands, right? But before she took matters into her own hands, what did she do? She was willing to put herself out there over and over and over and over again to get what she wanted. She was willing to fail and fail and fail and fail repeatedly because the result that she knew she would eventually get. Now, had she kept going past 60 letters, and I know she would say this herself, there's no doubt that she would have gotten an opportunity. But instead of doing that, she had a different idea. I'm just going to create my own stage. I'm just going to create my own stage. That comes from the detachment to how it all has to happen, how it has to work. The end result she wanted was, I want to be on stage sharing my message. If she had been so attached, if she had been so attached to how that had to happen, she would have missed everything that changed the entire trajectory of her own life and business. If she had been like, well, no, that's not the way it happens. The way it happens is somebody asks me to be on their stage. She could have kept barreling towards, you know, an outcome that could have taken way longer or, you know, been a disaster or whatever. But she didn't because she was open to how it happened. She realized what was really important wasn't the how, but was the end result. Same thing with Terry McMillan, 
right? She realized the result that she really wanted was her book in people's hands. Had she been too tied to how that had to happen? Well, it has to be a publishing company that's funding the money and that's paying for all of this and that's X, Y, and Z. Then she would have missed out on everything that changed her life. Terry's encompasses both lessons, right? Not only did she detach from how it had to happen so that she was able to achieve the success she wanted, in fact, surpass the success that she wanted in a different way than she initially assumed or thought that it would happen, but she encompasses the other part of this. She was willing to fail and fail and fail and fail by putting out 3,000 requests, guys, 3,000 requests hearing back from 40. Are you putting enough on the line? Are you doing something to fail every single day? And if you're not getting what you want, are you open to it coming to you in a different way than you're attempting to make it happen? Where most entrepreneurs fail is being too attached to the plan, too attached to the how. They're like, I'm here and I want to go here. And instead of getting attached to the destination, they get attached to the way they think they have to get to the destination. Guys, if I want to go to California and I really want to go to California, I don't, I mean, I do. Hi, all my friends who live in California. But I'm just saying right now, I don't really want to go to California. But if I did, if I really wanted to go to California, do you think I would care how I got there? Train, plane, automobile, I don't know, put me on a boat and sail me around the lower half of of the United States. I don't care. I would want to just get to California. But if it had to be a train or if it had to be a plane and then all the planes are booked and all that, I'm never going to get to California. And if I can't find a spot anywhere, am I willing to drive myself to California? You know what I mean? So guys, are you willing to be certain of the result? Are you willing to be attached to the outcome while simultaneously being detached from how you get to the outcome. Because that opens up the doors for all paths to lead to your outcome. That's why you're able to work it until it works, which is the next question I have for you. What are you willing to sacrifice to get what you want? What will you do that you don't usually do or you've never done to get something that you've never had? But to answer that question, you have to ask yourself and answer this third and final question. What are you doing today to fail? And are you okay with that? Are you looking forward to the failure? Are you looking forward to the failure? If you're If your goal becomes to get the no, if your goal becomes to fail, if your goal becomes to get the rejection, it really does become a game, guys. It becomes a game of how many no's can I collect? How many rejections can I collect? How many, you know, failures can I like rack up? And what you find, because to to reach those level of failures and rejections when you're really playing a game to try to get as many as possible, right, as many as possible, means you have to be taking huge action, to make it happen, way more action than you normally take, way more action than you're normally comfortable with. And that's 
it's going to be harder than you think to get no's and to get rejections and to fail. You are actually going to succeed. I'm not saying you're immediately going to succeed more than you fail. But what I am saying is you're going to succeed more times than you thought. Something is going to happen and you're going to be like, I did not think that would happen. I did not think that would happen at all. So you have to ask yourself these questions, You especially this last one. What am I doing? What actions am I taking where I can almost be certain of failure? Because if you're taking an action where you're like, I really, I, it is a stretch to believe that I can succeed on this, you will move, move the needle forward faster because you're taking an action that's much bigger, right? So if I was like, well, guys, I want to get 100 of you, I want to get 100 of you to leave a review of my podcast, leave a review of this specific episode, leave a review over all of the podcast. I'll be honest, that feels like a huge freaking stretch because I think I only have like 40 reviews or 50 reviews of my podcast. And I've been doing my podcast, I don't know, for two years, almost three years now. So getting 100 between now and the next episode or down the next week feels like a humongous stretch. Like one that I, I, I really don't believe that I could actually achieve it. But if I take actions that would be the actions that could potentially achieve it, it means I have to be reaching out to five or 10 people a day saying, do you listen to my podcast? Would you leave a, a review? I have to be putting up posts and direct outreach and doing all of, all of these things at a level of action enough to get 100, right? Because for 100 people to leave a review, you know I'm going to have to ask 300 or 400 people to leave a review to get 100. And, and the more personal the request, the more likely it is to happen. And so I'm going to have to do all of that to get that. And that could feel like no way is that going to happen, right? But I'm willing to risk all the no's that I'm going to get and all the, the people that say, I don't listen to your podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> like everything I'm going to have to hear, I'm willing to risk that and fail and fail and fail and fail and fail and fail again to get the 100 reviews. Now, that's not really my big goal, but if you guys want to leave a review, I'm not going to cry. And I think it would be helpful that people know that this is still a relevant podcast. I don't think my uh, review has been that recent, guys. So if you do want to take a minute and review this episode, I'm not going to say no. In fact, I always pick one person who leaves a, a recent review to get free coaching, guys. Just FYI. I know you might not stick around through the outro to hear that. So I'm telling you that now. But Let's say that was my like deep, deep desire. You see what I'm saying? I have to set a goal that's so extreme. It doesn't feel like I can make it because then if I have to match my actions to be at a level that could achieve that big, huge goal, I'm by default going to be doing more than I would have done. If my goal was to get five reviews for my podcast, maybe I'd send out a few emails. Maybe I'd post one time. Maybe I wouldn't even do any direct outreach. Maybe I'd just leave the request in here, do a Facebook Live, do a post, and maybe I'd get my five. I probably wouldn't get five, but let's say that I did, right? Like, I'm not going to be getting these big, huge results. So simply by taking more action than I would normally take, I'm going to get a bigger result than I would have otherwise gotten. Chances are I really wouldn't have gotten a result at all. So even if I don't get 100 and I only get 10, that's 10 more than I would have really gotten if I had just done my own level of action. Because from that, I can tell you from what I said, I would have gotten zero. Do you see what I'm saying? So you have to know this is the question. We were talking about this in my clubhouse room the other day. And this came from, I read a story about Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx. And she was talking about growing up 
and how at the dinner table, her dad would ask her and her brother every night, what did you do to fail today? And what are the lessons around it? And they would have a discussion, but they knew they were going to be asked that question. So they would start their day thinking, what am I going to do to fail today? Like it was a requirement that they do something to fail. They couldn't play it safe. If they played it safe, they weren't going to have a failure. They had to take big, bold action and risks because they had to have a failure to discuss it. And because of that, they had bigger opportunities come their way. In fact, she said it was one of those days, one of those thoughts that popped into her head about how she could fail so she could talk about it at the dinner table that created right the result of what ultimately became her company and became Spanx. So guys, what are you willing to fail at today? Ask yourself that question Every single day. Remember last episode when I said that I would have a challenge for you. I would have like a 30-day challenge. So whenever you're hearing this at any time, I'm going to make it a 35-day challenge. Then I'll tell you why. Because I'm known as a gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. If you don't know that story, go back to episode one. But I am known as a gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it and ended up changing everything in my life because of it. So 35 is kind of my number. Like right now, I'm in the middle of, not in the middle, but I'm at the beginning of going live on Instagram every day for 35 consecutive days. So 35 is my number. So I'm going to make it your number. And I want you to every single day for 35 days, start your day by asking, what will I fail at today? Remember, it has to be almost a guaranteed failure. Like you're going to have to have a failure at the end of the day, meaning you can't play it safe. If you only take actions that you know will work, you're not going to have a failure at the end of the day. And I want you to record it like in a journal or share it in some way. And at some point, whether it's every day or one of the days or whatever, share it on social media tag me in it. Use the hashtag 35 and 35. Tag me in it. Actually, use hashtag Rita made me do it. Hashtag 35 and 35. If you can do double hashtags, guys. That's that's pretty fancy, right? But definitely hashtag Rita made me do it. So I see it because I follow that hashtag. Also, guys, you should follow that hashtag. But like, use that. Tell me, here's what I failed at today, Rita. Or here's what I'm attempting to fail at today. Or, you know, like, treat me like the dinner table at the end of the day that you're coming to and you're saying, here's what I failed at today. And here are the actions that I took that resulted in that failure. Because I guarantee you're going to move forward more than you would otherwise. And so ask yourself, what will I fail at today? And what does that mean I have to do in terms of action? And am I willing to do these actions I've never done to get something I've never gotten and really connect with that? Those are the most important questions. And then ask yourself, am I creating my own opportunity? Is there the ability here to create my own opportunity or have this happen in a different way? Or am I too attached to the plan, to the how it has to happen? Am I open to it? Am I working it until it works, guys? All of these things. Okay, that's what I want you to do. I hope you found this episode to be helpful and these stories to be inspirational and motivational and maybe all of this at the end of the day to be a teeny tiny freaking bit scary, a little bit teeny tiny scary because now you're saying, oh my gosh, I do want this outcome, whatever your outcome is. I want this outcome and I want it badly. I want it so, so badly that I am willing 
to do things I have never done before to get this result that I've never had. I am absolutely willing to do it, number one. Number two, I am so certain of the end result, but I'm open to a different way of getting there than I may think is the way that I'm going to get there. And then number three, I am going to take action in a way that will allow me to fail towards achieving this thing every single day. This is your formula. There is no secret magic pill, but guys, these are three damn good ingredients to get what you've never had. And I can't wait to hear all about it. So make sure you tag me. Make sure you use hashtag Rita Made Me Do It when you're talking about this. If you did love this episode, I will ask you, please take a minute on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts if you're able to leave a review there, but definitely on an Apple Podcasts to leave a review and let others know what you think of this podcast. And then catch me next week on another episode of the Rita Made Me Do It show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Read and Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business boosting and life changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, Every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser focused and go all in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamamedoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.